Thanks, Jack. And uh, welcome, friends. Good morning and welcome to Bethany Northeast Online. Um, it is a joy to be with you today. And as we continue our series on the fruit of the Spirit this week, you know, join me in prayer uh, as we give to God um, our, our sensibilities, that sense that John has already spoken about, a sense of expectedness that God would speak to us. Jack is welcomed us and invited us into prayer with a God who suffers. And he's highlighted and petitioned with us to the world that God might act in the world. And so one more time, as we approach this holy text um, or this scripture, these scriptures, let us pray and allow the text to read us, to form us as we engage. Holy God, we're grateful for the gift of this day. We're grateful for the way that you speak to and through us. And we pray that this spoken word would um, be faithful to your written word, that it would lead us to the living word. That's you, Jesus. And that as it does so, it would make us more like you. May we reflect you well and help us to discern your spirit. We pray this with Christ by the spirit. And everyone said, amen. So in the early days of the Christian faith, this is around 150 CE, you know, there was a North African priest named Tertullian, and he was a trailblazer, you know, a, a foundational figure in articulating Christianity as we know it today. You may not know his name, but his mark on Christianity as one who um, helped imagine what Christianity can look like, his mark is very wide. Um, and he's been called the father of Latin Christianity or the founder of Western theology. This is a little distinct from Eastern Orthodox Christianity, a different expression, but Tertullian, founder of Western theology. You know, he's the first person to voice a theology of the Trinity in writing. That's Tertullian. Western Christianity's imagination around body and soul, Tertullian. So without any exaggeration, there's so much more that he uh, helped uh, give language to, give image to. Uh, but without any exaggeration, our expression of Christianity today in Seattle, 2021, would not be what it is uh, without the influence of Tertullian. He's that important in the history of Christianity. And so with this kind of theological credibility, uh, with, with this in the background for him, as we look at patience today, I want you to actually pay attention to what he says patience connects with, what it does. You know, he wrote this book among many writings uh, called On Patience. And this is what he says in this work on patience. He says, patience fortifies faith, is the pilot of peace. It assists charity, establishes humility, waits long for repentance, sets her seal on confession, rules the flesh, preserves the spirit, bridles the tongue, restrains the hand, tramples temptations underfoot, drives away scandals, consoles the poor, teaches the rich moderation, overstrains not the weak, exhausts not the strong, and is the delight of the believer. So 
That is a word right there. Patience does all of that. It fortifies faith, pilots peace, assists charity, establishes humility, all these things. Like that's a big claim from the founder of Western theology. That's a big claim that he's saying. He'll later on go, he'll later go on to say that theologians and philosophers will disagree on almost everything except for this, the value of patience. So clearly patience is a big deal, right? But how is patience a big deal? And why does patience matter? Tracking along with our series that we've been in uh, over the last couple weeks, the fruit of the spirit. Um, when Paul talks about patience in Galatians 5, this is where we're getting the, the identification of the fruit. Um, Paul says in verse 22, but the fruit of the spirit is joy or is love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Against such things, there is no law. And this is clarifying because remember that all these things, love, joy, peace, patience, all these things make up the fruit, the fruit of the spirit. And in English, the word fruit can play in different ways. Like it actually serves as a singular when you talk about an individual fruit, or you can use fruit as a way of talking about a collective group of things. The Greek is a little more clear. It's again, tense differently. And one of the things that stand out are all these things, they make up the fruit singular, not the fruits of the spirit, the fruit of the spirit. And this is important because it sheds some light on how we actually think about patience, how it intersects with the rest of things. Sometimes we talk about the fruit of the spirit as if it exists, and they exist in isolation from one another. So we all have all these different things. They exist in isolation. But here, Paul is telling us that when we live a life that is led by the spirit, all these traits should begin to bloom so that our very being, our existence reflects Christ, the one who holds all of these things in perfect embodiment. And in this way, this is how Tertullian can write a book about patience and end up tying all these things that form the fruit of the spirit within us. You know, patience as a part of the fruit of the spirit can't be isolated from the other parts. And this is crucial to understand as we move forward. So with this kind of thing in mind, this way of talking about patience, what we're about to do might feel a little uh, off to you. But we have common phrases like patience is a virtue. A while back, Jack gave a sermon that talked about that and then kind of reframed that for us, saying it's not just one virtue out there. It's like a thing that springs up from who we are and who God is, who we are in God. And sometimes we like to hyper-focus on individual things in our lives that we can improve on. It, it makes growth feel less daunting, more manageable. You know, this shows up when I'm coaching soccer all the time. Players and parents will ask me for, what is the one thing they need to work on to get them to the next level? Like, what's the one thing? But of course, there's never just one thing. We know this. When you're training a soccer player, a player might need to improve on their passing range, how far they can kick the ball. 
but before they um, before they kick a ball, they have to be able to control a ball. And if you're in a game and you want to control a ball, you need to find space on the field so that you can tr- control the ball so you can kick the ball. And in order to find space on the field, you need to have a fitness level that can carry you all around the field. So I, I think you get the point. Improving kicking the ball and then applying that in the world, in the lived reality of the game, isn't just one skill. It's that plus control, plus finding space, plus being able to move on the field, plus your ability to know where teammates are. Like it's all this stuff that comes in. You see, there's never just one thing. Life is just more complex than that. And the temptation we have when it comes to trying to live out the Christian faith is to make one things the thing that I'm going to work on this week or uh, to, to really focus. And we can unintentionally reduce down what God invites us into and miss what God is calling us towards. So think about patience like this for a moment. If you're anything like me, if someone asked you to define what patience is, you might say that patience is someone's ability to wait. And Jack offered some uh, definitions before, like the long suffering, uh, the ability to endure. And before he's also talked about the the sense of uh, suffering being in the Old Testament, that ability to have long nostrils is, is the image that's presented in the Hebrew. It's this way of being able to uh, engage and breathe in the world, like to be able to, uh, to suffer, to endure. If someone has patience, we tend to frame it as they're, abil- they're able to wait, you know, and they can wait for things for a long time. Patience is an act of waiting. And to be patient means that I have the ability to wait for a long period of time. But as I reflected on patience defined as waiting this week, I had a thought that changed some things for me. I want you to think about what we mean when we say things like, my patience is wearing thin. Has anyone said that or heard that? Maybe you've heard it more. I've been more on the hearing side. My patience is wearing thin, thin. And when we say this, we normally mean that we're getting tired of waiting for something. We're getting tired. I'm getting fed up. My patience is wearing thin. And then if this is what we mean by thin patience, right? My patience wearing thin, thin, we might assume then that the opposite of thin patience is thick patience, right? Makes sense. If my patience wearing thin and that's something that's you know, uh, bad or destructive in my life, then I guess the opposite of that would be thick patience. I don't think anyone says my patience is running thick just, just for clarity. I, I've never heard that before, but by way of contrast, thin patience, thick patience, it might be a way to help us understand or grasp some of the ways that we intuit what is good about waiting. We have the resiliency to endure hard things, thick patience. It's like having thick skin. It's the ability to endure. It's strapping in for the long haul. It's waiting until the end, enduring, persevering. This this is thick patience contrasted with thin patience. And in both of these cases, 
you know, thin patients and thick patients, they can seem like opposite ends of a spectrum. If thin patients is having a short fuse, thick patients is having deep endurance. If, if, if thin patience is like a speed date, thick patience is like a wedding bow. It's ongoing. And when it comes to understanding what patience means for us as Christians, we might be tempted to say that a Christian approach to patience is exclusively thick patience. You know, this is certainly something we see in the life of Jesus. His life is one of thick patience. Think about the nature of Christ's crucifixion. As he's enduring unjust lashing, belittlement, being falsely accused, and he is eventually killed, Christ embodies a life of thick patience. In many ways, he embodies the presence and the essence of the word patience, deriving from the Latin word pati, which means suffering. Christ is a man of long suffering and endurance on behalf of others. And indeed, to be like Christ is to be called to embody patience in a similar way, in thick ways, in ways that don't cause us to escape from suffering, but instead in ways that form us within suffering so that like Christ, we might say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. First Peter 2, it tells us that God called us to endure suffering because Christ endured or because Christ suffered for us. Christ is an example so that we could follow in his footsteps. Part of these, uh, part of following these footsteps is a life lived for others. Part of the Christian life is a life lived within and of thick patience. But thick patience is not all there is to the Christian life, because just as we see Christ live out thick patience, we also see Christ live out thin patience as well. In John 2, we're told that the first miracle Jesus does is turn water into wine. We looked at this a couple of weeks ago. And then do you know what happens right after this in the book of John? Passover arrives. And then Jesus goes to the temple. And what he does is he drives the money changers out of the temple. This is early. This is in John 2. This is after his very first miracle. Then we see his first prophetic sign. Before the healings, before his other encounters, before he does any other miracles in the book of John, Jesus breaks up a religious structure that has systemically been crushing and especially uh, exploiting the oppressed and the vulnerable. Remember, Passover was known as a pilgrimage festival. This means that for the Jewish people, everyone would make a trek to try to be in Jerusalem at that time. So when Jesus cleanses the temple here, what he's doing is driving out systemic greed that would ramp up during these pilgrimage times. You see, since people were coming from all over to a central place, to the temple, to Jerusalem, the currency that people carried was not uniform. Different people had different kinds of money since they came from all over. And so when people came to buy animals to make sacrifices, they would have to exchange their own currency for temple currency because that's what was used in the temple. And this is where things would get a little greasy because since the money changers could set the exchange rates, 
And the animal sellers knew that they held leverage when it came to people needing to purchase animals. It was common practice to charge excessive fees for this. And this would frequently result in worshipers having to overextend to be able to just participate in acts of worship that were exploiting them. And it is in response to this, to this co-opting, to this response, uh, it's in response to this defamation. It's in response to this coercion that Christ exhibits thin patience. Christ doesn't stand for that. He has no patience for this. His patience wears thin when it comes to this. In the Gospel of John, Jesus enacts this prophetic act, this sign, early. And in contrast to thick patience, we see him live out that idea throughout his life. We also see Jesus live out thin patience when he sees injustice and abuse. So Silas, what what are you saying here? Here's the rub, friends. God doesn't call us to exclusively thick patience or thin patience. Living out patience as a part of the fruit of the Spirit is more complex than a simple either-or way of thinking. Just like how all of the fruit parts make up the fruit of the Spirit. God doesn't call us to thin or thick patience exclusively. What God does call us to is full patience. We're called to full patience. And as we are called to full patience, patience that is full can sit with people through battles with terminal illness. And then patience that is full can also heed the calls to action when people like MLK say justice too long delayed is justice denied. Patience that postures us to sit tight and then also patience that postures us to stand up. Patience that withstands and also patience that understands. Patience that refuses to stand idle. We're called, friends, to full patience. Not solely thick patience, not thin patience, full patience. And this is where patience gets confusing because sometimes thin patience is good, and then sometimes thick patience is good. And so how are we supposed to discern when we live out patience from either pole, right? How do we live Christian patience in a way that is full? It's a great question, and it's where we're going to land the plane today. As we've talked about patience, remember that patience is part of the fruit of the Spirit. And in the life of Jesus, we see him embody the fruit of the Spirit perfectly. Not only does Jesus live out full patience, but like Jack said last week when we were talking, um, he said that he is perfect peace in every storm. He doesn't just have love. He is love. As he discerns between thick and thin patience, Jesus lives a life of full patience because he he has perfect communion with God, God the Father, God the Spirit. 
So to cycle back to Tertullian, when he describes how patience doesn't exist on his own, but instead it intersects with all the other callings that Christians have in our lives, all the things that we have in our lives, developing the fruit of the spirit in our own lives requires that we have communion with God and communion with others. Just like how Jesus held communion with God and others. And this is why patience matters. Full patience isn't about how long or how short we are able to wait. It's more so about how we might be sensitive to the movement of the spirit, to know when to wait, and then to know when to act, when to endure, and when to resist. Full patience, friends. When we live out thick patience, and when we live out thin patience, this is what patience understood as part of the fruit of the Spirit invites us into. It invites us into discernment, and it invites us into reliance. Discernment as we make decisions, and reliance as we seek God to guide our living, moving, and breathing. It is by the Spirit of God that the fruit of God can develop in our lives. With Christ, by the power of the Spirit, may we come to share the gift of God's harvest in our own lives and with the people around us. May we live lives of full patience and embody Christ's presence in the lives of our neighbors as the Spirit leads us. Remember, friends, these are the fruit of the Spirit. If these things are developed at all, it's only by the leading of the Spirit that we come to see them bloom, come into harvest. And so as we go about our week, we're going to encounter different situations where thin patience is going to be necessary and where thick patience is going to be necessary. And as we live, we'll discover that different situations call for different things. And so how do we then apply full patience in this? By the ways that we come to know the fullness of God and then express that in the lives of those around us. May we embody that. And may that be so for the weeks to come, that we can be people of full patience, knowing that God is leading us and guiding us and gives us grace when we get it wrong which I'm inevitably, if you're me, you will. But friends, let us pray and treasure this word in our heart. Let us reflect on it and let it um, meditate on us as we meditate on it. God, thank you for it today. And as we wait on you, we pray that you would show us places in our lives where we feel released to live fully with your patience. Situations that are trying, that press on a nerve for us, that, um, that, that we want to respond sharply and shortly to, curtly, may you give us patience to endure. And when we see injustice, when we experience long, uh, long injustice, deep injustice, would you lead us in ways that are formative as you lead? to embody that thin patience, the one that stands up for the oppressed in the face of immense suffering. 
Help us to be sensitive to your spirit and help us to know you more. May we pray this with Christ by the power of the spirit. Everyone said, amen.